Welcome to episode 97 of the Search with Candor podcast recorded on Friday the 5th of February 2021. My name is Mark Williams-Cook and in this episode we are speaking to Dom Hodgson from Software as a Service site monitoring tool Little Warden and we're going to be chatting all about the benefits, the pros, the cons of monitoring sites going down, what happens if your domain expires and someone nicks it. We're going to be getting into that and looking at why this is something we should be doing. Before we kick off, I want to tell you that we are sponsored by the lovely people at Sitebulb to do this podcast. Sitebulb is a desktop-based SEO auditing tool for Windows and Mac. And every week, if you listen to this podcast regularly, which I hope you do, you'll know I normally go through one feature that I particularly like about Sitebulb. This week, however, I just kind of want to talk about it in terms of where it fits into our stack because we use Sitebulb, we've used it for a long time at the agency, and it's good to talk about it in context to a tool like Little Warden that we're talking about today. So Little Warden obviously is this software as a service tool, as you'll find out, it's like if you're doing a health check, Little Warden is like the temperature check on your forehead that you're doing every day to make sure that you're okay. Sitebulb is a tool that you run, you know, you choose when to run it. It's not like it's always running in the background, but you can actually schedule crawls with it. But from our stack, what we do is we can use tools like Little Warden to basically find out if there is some kind of issue going on. And as soon as we detect something, this is where you can roll in a tool like Sitebulb, hit go, and it does these huge, really broad audits that cover everything from internal linking to you know to page speed and even touching on things like security and while it's not obviously like a a security kind of pen testing tool or anything like that one thing we'll cover in this episode is just that the importance of the overlap with these tools because just having one type of check for something can give you blind spots whether it's because certain people only have control of them or just because it gets missed in that tool so really, really enjoy using Sitebulb as part of our kind of toolkit. The great thing is they have a free trial for listeners of Search with Candor that's extended to 60 days. So you don't need any credit card, any payment details. If you go to sitebulb.com forward slash SWC, so sitebulb.com forward slash SWC, you'll get this extended trial. So go give it a try now. Uh, this episode, we are lucky enough to be joined by Dom Hodgson, founder of Little Warden. And uh, Little Warden is a site monitoring tool. It's designed for people who are responsible but might not have full control of lots of sites and domains. It does things like expiration checks, status checks, change monitoring, indexability, content checking, sitemap validation monitoring, malware detection, and all sorts. So we're going to talk to Dom about that. So Dom, welcome. How you doing, mate? Good to hear from you. Very good, thank you. So where I wanted to start with you, and I think it would be a lovely place for the listeners, would be, so for for the people listening, I'm talking to Dom right now, and he's sitting in a shipping container with millions of tools behind him, which I think is a great start because you basically really like making things, right? 
Uh, yes, I'm. I'm not very good at it, but that <laughs> that hasn't stopped me yet. I, I like. I like creating things. I like. I like projects. Um, I, I consider myself a hacker at heart. Uh, not in the sense of the, the 1980s film hackers. It's where you hack stuff together. So you have an idea, and you you produce something. Many many years ago, before kids and. Uh, when I could drink Red Bull, uh, we did things called Hack Days in the UK and around the world. And that is, they were events where you had 24 hours. You came to an event, you had 24 hours to com- produce an idea and then pitch it. And then th- your fellow uh, competitors or judges would judge. And we were, I was part of a team. We were pretty good at that. Um, we won a couple of PayPal events where one of the prizes was to go and compete uh, in San Francisco at the PayPal uh, conference and speak there, which I've done, and we won that one as well. And I consider myself PayPal World Champion, but they've asked me not to say that. I, I keep <laughs> mentioning it as much as I can. You, you've and, said it now. <laughs> I have, yeah. Um, and and that I really enjoyed that because it, you you had the just that burst of creativity, that rush. The first the first few hours of working on new projects is just so full of promise and hope and excitement. And so we just we just like to keep doing that, much to my wife's dismay. And I think it's worth mentioning you're quite well known, I think, within the SEO community for a lot of the charity work you do. So I've personally uh, watched you sweating on a treadmill in various costumes and I've watched you on Instagram um, doing a much better job soldering than I do uh, with lots of crazy lights. So do you want to just tell us a little bit about that, what the what the charity stuff you've been doing is and maybe what plans you've got for, for this year? Yeah, so... Um... I support a local children's hospice called Martin House, and I've supported them for many, many years. But for the last five years, I've had a proper campaign of of let's do something that goes beyond. I am one of those people that when when I ask for money from somebody, it can't be doing something that somebody else already done. It can't be. I'm not. I look. I am, I'm not judging anybody, but everybody I know does a 5K. Everybody I know does a 10K. And for me, if I was going to ask for money for somebody, it, it can't just be a 10K. It needs to be um, it needs to be something that causes pain, either emotional or physical pain. Or, you know, it's like people that uh, ask for money to go to do a skydive. That always gives me a little bit of a, hmm, because you know what? You want to do a skydive, and it's something that's ticked off your bucket list. And so really... You know, I'm helping you do that. That's you're enjoying it. You shouldn't do if I'm giving you money. <laughs> it should cause you, you know, a skydive. You know, where your parachute only gets gets uh, up at like 100 meters. Have a bit of risk involved. <laughs> Come on. And so every year I try and do a little bit more because um, that's another thing. I, I I can never ask for money to do the same thing twice. I always have to go more. So the first year we started off doing um, two half marathons uh, in costumes. The next year we did, I think we did five or six. Then the year after we did, uh, anyway, last year I did 26 half marathons. Um, and each one was in a completely different costume because we couldn't really leave the house. Each one was on my treadmill. We live streamed, we chatted to people, we played games on the live stream while doing the half marathon. Now, I will point out to your listeners that a lot of it wasn't running. There was a lot of walking involved because I, I don't say I run half marathons. I say I do half marathons. Um, and that, that was um, the idea for that became because I don't know if you realize it, but when the London Marathon was cancelled, there was this 2.6 challenge where everybody did 2.6. And I was thinking they're going, do you know what? I'll just do 26 half marathons. It's fine. 
And I thought, oh, that would get a lot of press attention. But by the time I'd finished it, nobody remembered the 2.6 challenge because, you know, it's social media. <laughs> nobody nobody remembers, you know, that Bernie meme has gone and dead now. You know, that was only like, you know, it's just like, it's just so quick. <laughs> I think that's a good lesson to learn that the internet's attention span is very short. But you stuck it through, right? I remember seeing your, your final one. Um, yeah, we finished the, the final year. one. Uh, on my birthday and we managed to find a birthday cake costume um and one of the toughest parts about it is you can see this because we're on zoom right now but you're listening i'm not in peak physical condition and so a lot of people a lot of people do comment on the fact that how can you do 26 half marathons when you're the size of a small bus and it i will tell you that it's just determination um and and it, this just goes to show if you don't concentrate on food when you exercise that it doesn't matter you won't lose weight so i'm just there, there's a bit of a health tip for people food is very very important but um but yeah we finished it on my birthday we're taking uh, a year off of running this year i do have something special planned uh i just need to look through the logistics we also do the penguin awards uh which obviously you've you've known about before i believe you've won one haven't you yes we won the best agency dog yeah. So the Penguin Awards came out is I love I love the awards, but uh, they're, they're quite expensive and they're also a little bit hoity toity. So you pay, you know, one hundred and seventy pounds to enter. You get shortlisted. You go to um, a swanky London venue. You pay one hundred pounds for a ticket. You sit down, you get your suit, you get your hotel. And that always felt a little bit much for a lot of the people in the industry. So I was like, right, let's just do something funny. So we created the Penguin Awards. Uh, which are £10 to enter, that 100% goes to charity. And we have categories such as best dog, or best office pet, because we were more inclusive this year, uh, best best industry beard, worst industry beard, messiest desk, um, worst client pitch, uh, best spam email. And we just have ca- categories like that. And we have sponsors. Again, all the sponsorship money goes to charity. We send out legitimate trophies uh and we pay for it all it cost me so much in postage like because a lot of the winners last year were american and oh my god like, sending trophies to america what i should have done <laughs> just bought them in america next year i'm just gonna wait until everybody's won and then order everybody in a generic trophy with their name on it because we get them all engraved and the and what's funny is like i'll see people's zoom calls now and i'll see in their background their penguin award next to their search award and their uh, daddy award and all that and that just makes me proud because it's just something a bit silly but we raise a lot of money with that just with something a bit fun with the penguin awards and then obviously we've got the christmas lights uh we have a synchronized christmas display you can see if you want some of the videos on youtube uh of how it looks and I, but i will say that literally i'm working on i've i've been working on mine for for a month already because we are going about three times bigger than we did last year and last year was quite big Wow. So I think it's fair to say that um, Dom is quite the force for good. And in the show notes at search.withcanda.co.uk, you'll be able to have a look at uh, all the links for the various projects uh, Dom's been doing and how maybe you can get involved. But let's talk, since you're here, why don't we talk about Little Warden for a bit? Oh, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. (laughs) So I think it'd be a good place to start on Little Warden about so I introduced it as obviously a site monitoring tool and just give us your views very briefly on where do you see that sitting, fitting in with SEO agencies, freelancers, or even web developers? What are the most common scenarios that 
they would you know you see little water being used yeah so we designed it um, with, with 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 agencies in mind because I used to work for an agency and I I saw some of the issues that were there. An a, an agency is designed to focus on billable hours, to focus on billable things. What 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 is the next piece of work that the client wants? And and that's all great, but sometimes things get missed. And because it's nobody's responsibility to check for the domain name because the agency doesn't look after the domain name, and that's fine. That's that's not your remit. But I often say to the agency, okay. How much SEO work are you going to get billed for if their domain name expires? And it's just it's just embarrassing, isn't it? You know, it's it's like when you go home for Christmas and your mum thinks because you work on the internet you know everything about printers. You know, if you if somebody is doing your marketing, there is in a lot of cases there is an assumption that they're looking at the domain names and they're looking at things, and also things things that can help help you for, with with no effort. Um, there is, I mean, I'll give you an example. Say. Um, uh, AO.com. Every year, AO.com uh, leave their old domain name, appliancesonline.co.uk. They, they leave it to the last day to get that renewal. And we, we monitor about 10,000 brands and we just keep a lookout. And occasionally we'll just tweet them and go, hey, your domain name. Um, and AO.com panic me every year because all it takes is that renewal script one year to fail. And 90% of their links are going to appliancesonline.co.uk. And if you're an SEO agency and you lose that old domain name, you lose the old redirect, you know, that, that is a lot of equity that you're losing. And so what we did was we, we created something that was literally a fire and forget. You paste it, you send, you paste the URLs, you spend a couple of minutes configuring it, and then you leave it alone. And we should never have to alert you. You should forget about Little Warden until something messes up. That's how we. That's how we've designed it. So that 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 is basically what we what what we want. What we perform is that um, that pre site uh, pre launch checklist because everybody has a pre launch checklist and they go through it. But they the, what they what they don't tend to do is go through it six months later. So what we do is we can do it every hour or we can do it every day, and that's what we look for. I'm trying not to make this into too much of a pitch, but that's my introduction. <laughs> it was a good introduction. I think you you touched on a few important things there and things that I've learned over the years. So I've been involved in agencies for quite a while now, about 15, 16 years. And one thing that I think that I, I talk to, especially newer agency owners about is remembering that at its core, it, it's still a customer service business, regardless of what you're providing. And the interesting thing you said to me about like the domain name and you know my view on this is if the domain name like expires nobody really cares that it's not really your responsibility to look after that it's still your fault you know if you're doing the seo and those small things and keep helping clients stay on track with the things that yeah technically they're not your responsibility really help you out in the long run and and, and keep clients uh, keep you know keep clients staying with you and the other thing I think that a lot of SMEs don't realize right and we'll talk about this more later is that you know if you've got a domain name that's got lots of links or is popular and it ranks well there's a queue of people waiting in the wings to grab that domain if it does expire so it's not the case of oh yeah well if the domain does expire well we'll, re we'll re register it and we'll be we'll be offline for a day you know that's not going to happen, is it? You know, if these domains drop, someone is going to be in there very quickly buying them. And then, you know, and what's the situation then as a small business? You know, if someone's grabbed your domain? 
Oh, we, we, we've seen this happen time and time again. And if somebody, if somebody grabs your domain and you've got a trademark and you've got a brand authority, uh, it happens to Microsoft. So in the past sort of like five years, we've seen it, Microsoft, Airbnb, uh, like I've got a, I've got a list that I didn't prepare. Thing, but I'll tell you, last year, uh, Mark II, the agency, that made headlines. It made BBC News that they forgot to renew their domain name. They're worth over a billion dollars, and they forgot to renew their domain name. And also, it's just embarrassing. Wow. If, if you're if you if you're if you're a site and you forget to renew your domain name, it's embarrassing. But yeah, if somebody else gets your domain name, and I suppose right, let, let's talk about how this started. So a few years ago, we were talking about hack days. I used to run a hack day uh, in the in Leeds called Leeds Hack. And it was really popular. It was one of the popular ones. And I woke up one day and I was updating the WordPress blog and I logged on and I just saw a load of Chinese characters. And I was like, hmm, that's new. And then I logged on. I just went to forward slash WP admin. And I was like, oh, 404. Ah, oh, this, is, this, is, this is not good. <laughs> and uh, I was like, ah, oh, ah. Oh. So I looked at the, um, <laughs> I looked at the thing and I was like, oh, I don't own it anymore. And I was like, mm. so I, I bought the .NET and basically there was no way I was ever getting that domain name back. Um, subsequently, they have tried to sell it back to me for five grand uh, because it, it, that, that's how it works. They'll get the domain name. They'll see if it's got any traffic. They'll try and utilize it for affiliate stuff or link selling. And if they can't do that, they'll try and look at who owns other domains and try and sell it to it. And, and but, how much would they have paid for it if they're selling it back to you for five grand? So, oh, they they would have paid the, the the registration fee because as soon as so so how much could that that be just for people that ten dollars so yeah so they're grabbing it off you for ten bucks and trying to sell it back for five grand yeah so um it's a whole industry called drop catching and it is an absolutely like competitive industry so take UK domain names for instance when when a UK domain name expires it goes into something called pending and that can be up to sixty days. And then after that, at any point, it can drop, and there's no sort of like time. So they are people. There are services called Dropcatch, which will check Nominet every second, every millisecond, to say, "Is this domain name available? Is this domain name available?" And you pay them a fee if they catch it. And this is like we're talking. This industry is millions of pounds because domain names are expensive, and people are buying servers closer to Nominet to try and get that lower ping time to try and get that connection it's a bit like the stock market yeah I, I knew they did that in the stock market I didn't know that was a thing they did for drop catching as well yeah they, they look and try and utilize as small latency as possible and that that's the sort of thing that if they if they're in this industry and they, they're doing that on the dot coms UKs if your domain name is popular and you don't have a brand like a trademark and you 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 can't you can't appeal it then what are you going to say oh i forgot to renew it because the domain name isn't yours you're renting it you know a lot of people consider domain names property but yeah you're not buying a house you're renting it for a period of years and so when i made that mistake um i've got a little black book of ideas uh this idea went down in my little black book and then we closed it and then uh, a few years later we we created warden and it's amazing how many people I'll talk to about Warden will go, oh, I had the idea to do that. I was like, oh, why? Oh, yeah, because I lost this domain name. Because it happens all the time. So how? let's talk about that quickly. How long did it take then from being in that book to being a working product? And, and was this just you that built it? or? Oh, so this is a funny story. <laughs> so as I say, I've got a little black book full of ideas. I like to start ideas. 
I've got a very, very patient wife. But at one point, it was about 2016, 2017. She was like, right, okay, we need to stop. Uh, I need a break. I need a holiday. Um, and you need to not start a company while I'm on holiday. I was like, all right, that's fine. So we booked, um, we're big Disney fans. We booked um, a transatlantic cruise. So we went, we did a bit of Disney World. We got on a Disney ship and we went from Florida to Copenhagen, across the Atlantic, everything like that. 15 nights. It was absolutely amazing. However, what she didn't account for is the fact that, oh, and also no internet. Well, we did have internet, but it was like 100 meg was like $100 or something. So I'm, I'm from the north. I'm not paying that money. So... So we accounted for that. But what she didn't account for was the fact that Scarlett at that point was one year old and they like to go to bed early. So you're on a cruise ship, you know, your, your, your daughter's in bed in the same room in the cot next to you, you're lying um, in bed with your wife. What do you do? Well, you get your laptop out, don't you? And you're like, oh, well, I'm sick of playing games now. I, I'm not really good at games, so I don't enjoy them. I like working on stuff. And I was like, let's have a look at the idea block. Let's just have, have a play. And... Obviously, you're in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. You've got no internet. What do you do? You build a tool that scrapes websites for errors. You know, that's 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 the perfect logical assumption. So I started playing with it, and I started playing with some code. And I will always say that my wife is the brains behind our relationship. She's got a PhD in maths. I couldn't even finish university. I dropped out. She is amazing. She's the best coder. And But what she can't stand is me messing up. So, uh, and she can't stand my code a lot of the time. I've got better since. But um, what what happened was we, I had a few nights of going, oh, I'll get this working. Oh, I'll get that working. And she was like, you're doing that wrong. You're doing that wrong. You're doing that wrong. And after about four days, she was like, right, give it here. I'm going to make it. You work on marketing and then we'll make it. And so that's how Little Warden was born. And from that cruise ship, it probably took us another three, four months until we had our first release. And the first release just did status checks, uh, just did it on domain names, didn't do it on subdomains, and just did it on Whois and SSL. And we've added so many more checks since. There's something actually I wanted to to talk to you about because I, I find it quite interesting. So, do you think, in you know, in your opinion, do you think websites kind of have more issues nowadays than they used to because it used to be you know you just connect via ftp and you bang some files up and nowadays we're like building stuff with docker and then we've got continuous integration and you know it's not a matter of just uploading a few html files and i i feel like there's a lot more that can go wrong now between someone wanting to do something on a website and it actually being there and staying there. Is that something you're kind of seeing as well? Uh, yeah, it's the, there are so many other variables that can go wrong, you know, especially with, with all the technology. Like you're talking about Docker, we've got uh, JavaScript rendering. We've got uh, loads of people have staging sites, development sites, things like that. So you, even little things like, the amount of times we see rel canonical pointing to the staging website on the homepage or on, on everything. Like we see that I would say at least once a week because it's so often because people are utilizing the technology, but, and that's what we, that's what we do. We catch mistakes. So we point it out to them and they go, Oh, we'll, we'll go and fix that. But it, it th yeah, they are getting more complicated. Websites are also getting bigger and more departments are focused on it. So one of the one of the things that we use for a lot, and, and it's really, really funny, is the SEO team, uh, we do something called block level changes. So you can select, say, um, a div or a paragraph of text, 
and say, right, tell me if that changes. Tell me if this word disappears. And we get SEO teams monitoring text so that the, the content team or the PR team doesn't change it without them knowing <laughs> because they don't trust each other internally. And that always amuses me quite a lot. <laughs> That's a big, you know, so firstly, I've I've seen that uh, rail canonical pointing to staging site within the last two months <laughs> with a client and working with bigger clients that I can, I fully understand that is an issue when you've got multiple teams. So when you've got a PR team and you've got a, a content team internally, an external SEO team, you know, I mean, from my point of view, it's not always like a, a trust thing. It's just, yeah, that not everyone understands everyone else's jobs and it is painful when, when things get changed. And then essentially you look a bit silly because as I said, nobody kind of really cares why it happened, but it happened on your watch. Um, and I, I think that's a really important point here, which is about this, um, well, two things actually, which is prevention rather than cure. Um, you know, that's kind of a, I think a good mantra for life and anything. And it does, in my opinion, apply, especially for SEO, because if things go wrong, you know, with your site, again, it's not, there's going to be that lag time between when you fix it and if Google's picked up on that. Um, you know, and even even things like, so you mentioned earlier about um, how you can do like the malware checks for sites, um, you know, with, with Google's list. That's super important because, you know, a lot of site owners, especially SMEs, aren't watching Google search console. So even when Google has worked out that, you know, something's happened to their site, they probably won't notice because a lot of the sites that are getting hacked, they're cloaked, meaning that it's only search engines that are seeing all the dodgy links that get injected. So they only notice when they eventually end up Googling their own site, you know, and, so and then it, the damage is done and it's it's not a quick fix. In that specific instance, uh, a lot of people find out when their customers will tweet them and say, hey, um, I went to your website uh, in Google and it's just this big red page which says malware warning. You know, and it's big danger, danger, danger. So, so yeah, um, <clears throat> Google have this ability. They have a big database uh, that we download a few times every day. And they they basically say, right, put a URL in here and does this URL in. The downside is they don't let you put it on a domain. You have to put a specific URL in. So that's fine because that's how Little Warden works anyway. But, yeah, you can say, is it in there, is it not? And we'll give it, get a bit more information about why. But, but yeah it's there there is a delay between finding that and then curing it because you have to say to google please i fixed it can you please come and you know uh oliver twist to go to please sir can i can i get re-indexed and um and google you know is very very busy it might take a few days but the sooner that you can work that out the better but yeah prevention prevention is always better than the cure so what we always say is when something like this happens take a look at why it happened put process in place and make sure that it doesn't. That's something actually we talked with uh, a later about when we talked about doing even technical audits, which is, you know, once you've identified things, once you've put them in place, you know, it's really important that you monitor, they stay that way as well. So we don't, uh, you know, those kind of root causes of why things have gone uh, off piece don't happen again. Um, features wise in Little Order, one one of the things I love is, uh, you know, and it fits in with workflow, but it just made me chuckle, which is you've got this. Um, so the tool works, obviously you put in these URLs, they get patrolled and 
you essentially have this dashboard of, of when there's an issue that you need to look at and, and sort of how serious it is. And when it raised uh, issues, I, I love we just have this kind of forward to someone else, um, <laughs> which is just like, oh, there's a problem. And you just immediately delegate it. But I mean, talk, talk to us a little bit about that dashboard and what people can expect, because, you know, I, I laughed at it because, you know, I do love a good bit of delegation, but that's important because, you know, you can hook this up right to the people that are responsible. So we can say, like, OK, well, if the domain name or the SSL certificates expire, expiring, we need to let like the IT person know about that. Yeah, that, that was basically the nature behind that. Let's face it, a lot of people aren't giving SSH access to the SEO team. And so a lot of the things that, that that we monitor with that you can't fix, you don't have the ability to fix. So the first thing that you can do is, and this was requested a lot by some of the clients, was first of all, they wanted to mute something. Oh, yeah, um, that, that's not our problem, so can we mute it for a week? And I was like, well, I don't, I didn't really want to do that because actually you're just hiding the problem and it's just easy to go mute and then not send it to anybody. They'll sort that, you know, it's that's their department and that sort of takes it into what's the point of using the software in the first place. So by saying forward issue, what we do is we send, here's what the current status is and here's a log of the last few times that we've checked it. So, and here's what it should be and you can put a note in. because And, and that's the reason because we, we realize that the person that's doing the monitoring in a lot of the cases isn't the person that's going to be fixing it. Uh, <clears throat> also, before we had Teams, uh, implemented, which came in, which came live last week. Um, this was a way of basically assigning role, assigning jobs to specific people. We saw that a lot, and we do see that forward issue message uh, a lot. But yeah, when you log into Warden, we have this thing called outstanding issues, and every task that we have, and we try and group any uh, checks that are the same. So if you've got the same redirect on the same domain, we'll we'll check it and we'll say right, once you do this, it affects all of them. So if you are some of our clients monitor a thousand, ten thousand pages on one domain, which isn't our use case. We'll go into that later, but it works. So what they do, what we do is we automatically group all of their checks together and say, right, okay, in this instance, when you want this, and you can, you can uh, disable it, you can override it. So when when we when we let's say that you put in your domain name, uh, let's say also ask for instance, and let's say we discuss we discover that actually. You've, you've bought a new website and we, the, the domain name is 301. Well, our, our, our categorization is green for all good, yellow for warning, and red for danger. So the first thing we'll say is, hmm, we expect in best practice a URL to respond with the status code 200. That would be what's green. But it actually 301s because you've rebranded. So what you can do is you can say, actually, this is fine. This is what I want it to do. So that instantly becomes the new green. And then if that ever changes, then it becomes danger and warning. And we've tried to make that process as easy as possible. We've got something we're working on right now called Smart Warden, which is a lot more advanced to be able to try and detect, is it a staging environment, and try and guess some of those settings for you. But there are just so many. The internet's a terrible, terrible place. There are just so many uh, race conditions and edge cases and oh well well actually this is our staging site but this part of the staging site is open to the public and all that and it's just such a nightmare that that that's been in testing for about six seven months now and we're still not happy with it yeah i, I can well see that i mean I've, I've worked with one company and they've had completely different environments for 
for their staging for the same site during, you know, we've had some areas that are password protected, like you say, some that we're doing some funky stuff with IP whitelists um, at yeah, like three completely different environments for basically the, the same site. So while, while, while we're talking about kind of benefits, I think it's good just to talk about money because at almost every client uh, you know, we speak, well, every client we speak to, you know, money always comes up when we're talking about SEO or PPC or websites and we start talking about return and things like this. And I guess the the things that are worth talking about are, like you said, you, you, you encountered a few people that were like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to build that. And I think it's quite easy for uh, especially agencies just to think, Oh well, you know, now nah, we get the emails. We'll just keep an eye. We'll get someone to keep an eye on on those things. Or, or the uh, the the classic that I've learned the hard way many times is, oh well, we can build that. <laughs> so, oh, do you want to uh... <laughs> just talk us through like those scenarios and and like realistically what happens? Uh, yeah, so we've had several clients. So the first, the first thing that we've had is uh, we get this a lot: is oh, we don't need you. We've got loads of processes and stuff like that. And a few years ago, I had an agency say that to me. Their MD was like, "Do you know what? Uh, I like it, but we don't need it. We're, we're good here." And then at five PM on a Friday, he called me up and said, "Right, what's the best deal you can do? We've just had a client lose the domain name. I want to make sure this never happens again." And I just said, uh, <laughs> "I said, right." Um, if you sign up for a year, I'll give you 20% off. It's like, done. Now, that's the that's the deal on the website. So you didn't get anything better. So, uh, <laughs> and they've been, they've, been a, they've been a customer ever since. Um, I did I did think about having an arsehole tax, but I didn't. So that's that's the sort of thing. And But we do get, we'll build it ourselves. And this, to me, it doesn't doesn't make financial sense because I often think if you if you have a developer that's that's, that's any good you're going to be paying them I would say about sixty thousand but in the SEO industry you're going to be paying them about forty thousand but <laughs> and and so it's going to take them a month or two to get at least feature parity with some of the things that you want us to do such as let's say let's say you're just doing domain names let's say you're just doing SS, uh, SSL now don't get me wrong you can write a PHP script to get them done in a day, right? But you'll have no adding, you'll have no logging, you'll have no interface, you'll have no emails. And then, so let's say let's say you've budgeted two months to do this, including including the crawling. Now, I can tell you that we, we got a small version of Little Warden up, but it didn't scale. So every time that we added, we added things, we had to have server and we had to have capacity. Um, Little Warden uses nodes and we've got nodes all around the world to replicate other countries and uses in other countries. And, so your initial, people often think about the initial cost of development, but if, you, if, if you've got a developer that's 40 grand and they spent two months working on it, well, that would pay for a little water for five years, right? Like there. But then you've got to host the thing. Then you've got to update it. Because let me tell you, like I said earlier, the website, that the internet's a terrible place. HTML does not make sense. It, it might look good in a browser, but it'd be terrible to pass. So... You, you, there will be time, you know, the developer might need at least two, three hours a week in maintenance and that time adds up. And so why would you not just give that to somebody else's? Why, why, why not just make that my problem for 30 quid a month? And that that we've really tried hard to fight and make Little Water as cheap as possible because I wanted something that every year around April there's a tool budget review and I wanted something that had to be, look, 
we need that. I don't care. It it has saved us, and that is the thing. Or it might save us. And we we replace so there is so much time taken. Even if you had, you know, one of the the SEO executives that's just joined from university. All right, yeah, just go and check all the websites. Just just typing the who is for every domain name for, of, of of every client. You know, that's going to take hours. When you just buy our software, that's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> it just frustrates me the short term thinking. Yeah, I mean, I can attest to that from our development of also asked, which was the the first version we kind of got up and running in weeks, a couple of months. And then to get the kind of scalable version that properly works pretty much took us the best part of a year. And then, like you say, peppered in between that and still ongoing is just maintenance stuff that crops up that has to be done. So it's, um, you know, that's obviously our first foray into SaaS stuff. And that's been wildly more expensive and difficult than I thought it would be. Um, yeah. And in, in terms of in terms of um, while we're while we're still talking about um, kind of catching these errors, it's got little ones. We've got integrations, haven't we, with stuff like Slack? Yep. Um, we've got Slack. We've got Zapier. Uh, we have a, a, a push API and a pull API. Uh, we've got Google Sheets. We people want uh, Data Studio and we get this requested a lot. I'm like, tell me what you want. Uh, I need a bit more information because, like, how would you use it in Data Studio? And nobody ever comes back to me. I'm like, I would integrate Google Data Studio tomorrow, but there has to be a point to it. Like, tell me what sort of graphs you'd make and how you do it because I don't use it and I don't, I can't visualize it. But we're really receptive to ideas like that. We want people to be able to use it in all ideas. So, so yeah, um, email doesn't is is used a lot for, but Slack is a lot. We've got a Slack bot. So you can actually add checks and remove checks and URLs from the Slack bot. You can talk to Robot Dom in your own Slack room. Give him, give him, just give him help. Just be mean to him. <laughs> I think that's actually really important because emails, um, you know, emails get lost. I get a lot of emails a day. I get a lot of alerts. So anything like that, having it in Slack for us, and I know a lot of other agencies use Slack. I think is really helpful. Um, on 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 this, um, I just I just can't get off this this thing for me of um, just kind of ignoring the situation. So you looking at the site, your site, you know, there was a brilliant story on there that I found from Business Insider. And this is from 2015. And I'll, I'll put a link to this in the show notes, which is this ex, it was actually an ex-Googler ended up buying Google.com, right? So this uh, this was a, uh, a chap called Ved. Uh, so Sanmay Ved, and he was essentially just sort of playing around on Google <laughs> domains, typed in google.com and it came up as available and he bought it for $12. Didn't last very long, obviously. It's, <laughs> there was obviously some uh, some kind of alarm tripped in Google there, but he had access to kind of the search console for Google and could have done all kinds of damage. And, you know, like you said, the same happened with Microsoft, with Foursquare, and these are big companies that have, you know, IT teams in place that have lots of processes in place. So if well, it can I'll, I'll happen just, to I'll them. Give you, I'll give you an example from yesterday, and that is Cisco. So Cisco have um, an email monitoring system called SpamComp, where all the emails go through them. They give it a spam rating, um, and then it says, pass it on or not. And they let that domain name expire. 
<laughs> so all these thousands and tens of thousands of emails that were going through spam cop went because it happened and we see it happen time and time again because and it, it, it's worse in the bigger companies because every department assumes it's the other department's thing to do wow so do you have any um stories i don't know if you can be anonymous of course about people catching big mistakes with little warden or sort of the most what, what are the most common things you see the most common things we see are um indexability so sites accidentally being pushed to live either no indexed or their staging websites being pushed with, with indexed uh, and outranking their main site in google we catch it before that happens but we haven't seen that happen uh, it's actually a good sales technique for us because if people tweet about it, normally we get tagged in. But yeah, we've we've had, we've had we've had we've had plenty. I'm trying I'm trying to. We had one really big client, and um, I got on the phone with them, and they were like, "Yeah, we're thinking about cancelling." I was like, "Well, it's just not accurate." I was like, "Well, what's going on?" Well, they keep saying that our, our website goes down um, on a night that all the pages don't work, and I'm like, "Okay, that's fine." It's like as I looked at the log, and it was like, right, okay, so we're saying that between two and four every night, the, the whole website five or three. So I was like, that's a bit weird. So I waited up till two a.m. and I checked, and I was like, yeah, your your whole website goes down, and this is a massive international brand, and it turns out the developers during the deploy time was just five or three in the whole site um, for two hours, and oh, like all the international ones as well while I deployed and made sure everything was good, and. And they, they, but their first complaint was like, "Oh, little warden must be broke," rather than asking the developers. And so they took the little warden logs and went, "Yeah, you need to fix this." <laughs> and that's the thing we get used a lot with, like either internal struggles, sometimes lawsuits uh, between agencies and clients, um, because we're we're Switzerland, we're a neutral third party. We don't make any more money if we find lots of errors or no errors. Like we're not paid by the error. We just want to make sure that your website is working the way that you think it should. And so we, we see this happen time and time again. And it's just, the, the issue is, it's like when you when you were doing the introduction, you're listing off those features. It's boring. Let's face it. It's boring. Like our initial logo, our initial tagline was monitoring the tedious because you can't get excited about 301 redirect checks. You can't get excited about WW to non-WW checks. But they need to be done. You know, less WW to non-WW is an interesting one. And that was originally because of um, duplicate content. And that's less of an issue now. But but what it's doing is it's splitting link records we've seen. So people are going to their own one and then linking to the different ones. So that Google doesn't know which one to actually rank. And so and Google doesn't combine the two. And even if you did it in Webmaster Tools and said, look, these are the same, then what does Bing do? What does the other search engines do? So just sticking that one line of 301 just fixes all those issues and it makes sure that you've got one canonical version. Apart from apart from it being tedious, which which I don't think is particularly tedious, but maybe that's just me. I think one of the issues that a lot of companies have is that there's things you don't know. There's things you know that you don't know and there's things you don't know that you don't know. Yep. And what you've demonstrated, I think, really well there with that 503 issue is that there was a company that didn't know they didn't know they had a problem, right? And it's very hard for someone to make a decision to buy something about problems they don't know they have. And it's much like security. So I've worked, we work with a couple of like kind of cyber security firms and they always have big issues trying to get into firms to talk to them about security because nobody cares about security. It's really boring. 
until you get ransomware on your computer. And then it's the most important thing. Um, and I think, this, the, you know, the same applies for Littlewall. And people need to think ahead about, look, you know, the whole point of this is, is protecting you against you think things you're not even aware maybe are going on. And that and those things can be expensive. It is. And and one of so one of the other things that we were talking about money is we've seen people use uh, agencies use little water for sales. So um in two in two ways we've seen it make money. There's probably more, but we've seen uh, people put prospects in there. So they've looked at anyone they're trying to pitch, they'll run it through a little warden and go, Hi, uh, we're pitching you. Did you know that your site does this, this, and this? Did you know that we spotted this? We'll fix this. The other thing that we've seen it use, and we see this a lot, is because because you get a lot of URLs with Warden, and Warden's designed to ideally look at domains and subdomains. We're not we're not looking at individual pages, although we can do. But my my mantra is: Do you know what? If you've got a million pages on your website, then what you want is something like Sitebulb to look at it do the checks, do the changes, and then run that like once a month. You don't want notifications every hour or every day that a million pages have changed because you're just going to get um, overwhelmed by notifications and you're not going to pay attention to it. And it's something that we we strive every day. I get annoyed and we, we actually do customer reviews where we look through all the notifications that we've sent them and go, right, how can we do this better? What are we annoying them with? Um I forgot my point that yeah, but because you because the URLs are, are quite cheap with Warden, if a client leaves, we say keep them in, keep them in and monitor them. And what we found is that people, uh, like six months down the line, have gone, oh that client that we lost, yeah, um, the website's just not indexed, or they've just lost the subdomain of their most important brand with all the links. What what's going on there? And they just sent them an email saying. Oh hi! Uh, I know we don't work together, but we just wanted you to know: Are you still doing this? And the next time that contract comes up for renewal, that's quite an easy conversation to have because you become a proactive agency rather than a reactive, and that's something that we should all be encouraging. I thought you were going to say that they get the alert by the domain and then try and sell it back to them for five thousand dollars. <laughs> Look, we we both know that in this industry, if you didn't have ethics, you'd make a lot more money, and. Um, and we've, we've always tried to have ethics. We've always tried to be reasonable. That's why if you look at our Twitter account, sometimes we'll just tweet brands and go, uh, hey, just to let you know um, your domain name is expiring, I'll add companies on LinkedIn and just say, hey, just to let you know your, your domain's expiring. And there's no sales message there. And normally they're embarrassed, so I don't even get a thank you. But you know, we, we, we just try and be a force for good on the internet and create a little bit of joy. I think that's a really good place to uh to end it there dom thank you so much for your time um it's worth saying that you've just started a free trial of little warden so anyone can go sign up um don't need a credit card or anything littlewarden.com so you can give it a go put some urls in get them patrolled and see if you like it and i even saw there you can book a one-to-one with dom you can you 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 can you can listen to the sultry sounds of my voice for 15 to 20 minutes where we go through the product if you want. Um, but no, thank you very much for the time, mate. I, I appreciate it. I'm sorry it's taken me so long to respond to you. Uh, but much like the, and this is another thing, as a, as a product owner, like the, the free trials we were actually meant to do two years ago. But it's one of those things where you're like, oh, we only get one chance. So we, we, we just launched this feature. We'll just launch this feature and then oh, we'll just do update this update. And uh, Patrick from Sitebulb, who I'm sure I think sponsors this show, does he? But he he's does, not paying he does, me for yeah. this. 
um, has been bugging me for over two years to launch it. Like every time I see him or when, you know, when you could meet people, like that's the first question, the last question. When, when's, when's trials? When's trials? But thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to li- not listening to me because I can't stop my voice. <laughs> brilliant thank you dom so you can find little warden at littlewarden.com or just google it of course it'll come up that's everything we've got time for in this episode we'll be back in one week time which is monday the 15th of february and hope you all have a lovely week 